everybody. Welcome to the world's greatest Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Mike Allen. As always, I'm joined by... Joshua Marvell. And today we are going to be talking about the 2007 Sam Raimi movie, Spider-Man 3. That's right. The best of the bunch. And uh, <laughs> as usual, we are joined by Bex Luthor. I'm here. I've got my side. You can't see because it's audio only because it's because I didn't want to be on camera, but I got my side <laughs> sweep. I got my emo clothes oh, on. Nice. I'm ready. Yeah, I should have worn my all black suit, really. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I just finished accidentally backhanding my girlfriend, so I'm ready to review Spider-Man 3 <laughs> 2. All right. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> this is a very As we all special... know, it's Spider-Cast, the most feminist oh, Spider-Man podcast around. <laughs> so this is a very special episode to celebrate. We have a very, very special guest, the host of the Dan McDonald Show, none other than Dan McDonald himself. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Wouldn't it be weird if it was somebody else who uh, yeah, hosted it was the Dan McDonald's show? It would be very bizarre, yes. yes. <laughs> Thank, thanks for having me, though. I'm, I'm really, really happy to be here. This is great. I love this. Right. Um, listeners out there should know, next week will be our final episode. So uh, we're really glad that we got you on. And we know yeah. that you're passionate about movies. Uh, I, I, I attended mm -hmm. a couple of screenings at uh, WIF this year. Um, can you tell us how many movies you ended up seeing at WIF? Well, I was on track to see 66 films. I ended up seeing 62 why are you such wow. a slacker? I know. I, slack. <laughs> I was averaging six, six films a day. It was 11 days. And then the last three days, like I had a concert I had to go to. And then one day I just, I just wasn't feeling, I was hungry. So I missed a film that I missed another one. So I, I ended up being 62 films. So not bad, not too shabby in 11 Very days. Very nice. Yeah. Now, can you tell yeah. us uh, for those out there, can you give us maybe two or three of your absolute favorites? Maybe something that is less popular that people wouldn't have heard of. You think uh, of films see? that were at WIF? Yes. Uh, I really loved a film called um, Fly Me Away. It was a French film about a, a rich, spoiled, privileged kid who is kind of like on edge with his dad. The dad's going to disown him, disinherit him, unless he gets his you-know-what together. And he mm -hmm. ends up taking on this uh, this kid who has health issues and kind of discovers himself and the meaning of life. It sounds cheeseball, but it was really, really good. Another one was called Divide. Uh, the okay. Divide. And that one was high intensity. It was about, uh, it, it was about a lot of things that we're dealing with today with the pandemic and the divide in society. And it sounds very cliche, but it was extremely well done. Very, very powerful. And I couldn't help but be empathetic to, to both sides of the people on the divide. And uh, I also, well... Uh, I mean, uh, one of my favorite ones was Moon Age Daydream, uh, a David Bowie documentary. Yes. And it was it was beautiful. It was almost like a, a montage. It was narrated by David Bowie. And it was visually stunning. And the music was incredible. And it was actually my second time seeing it. But I had to see it again because there's the wow. editing almost gave me a panic attack because it was right. so meticulously edited. It was a David Bowie's dream or, or Moon Age Daydream, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. That was a great one, too. And I, to be honest, I, I know a little bit about Bowie, but I learned a lot about his 80s period because I didn't know much about that. Yeah, right? that was and really I, cool. It was interesting because I, I knew about Let's Dance and um, a little bit after that, but to, I didn't kind of realize he kind of became like a pop star, you know, almost like a commercial, yeah. like doing, wasn't he doing a commercial with somebody? Like a Tina Turner, like a Coca, yeah, like a Pepsi commercial or something. It, it was it was a Pepsi commercial with Tina Turner, right. and he was doing st the stadium tours and the big budget, and it right. was 
it was a little bit out of what you're used to. It was very mainstream David Bowie, but it, sure. in a way, I think he kind of dislikes that period musically. But when you look back on it, it was interesting because it did expose him to a whole other new generation. I mean, he did the movie Labyrinth right around then, too. And right. that's how a lot of people, you know, my age, I'm, I'm 45, so I would have been 10 when Labyrinth came out. And that... um that film, I didn't know who David Bowie was when I was 10, but I did after that. Then my right. mother said, you know, it's David Bowie. And then I slowly discovered David Bowie through that film. So really genius move his whole career. Some might call it career suicide, but he kept reinventing himself. Yep. That's why I think he has so much longevity. Absolutely. And yeah. I want to say now, no one's ever made a documentary about us, but I have appeared in the newspaper <laughs> once and I wanted to show you guys because I just <laughs> came across this. Can you see that? That's the oh, first and only time. Yep. That's my old oh, wow. 2008 hairstyle. And this is an article about Comic Book Syndicate that I came across from Wham! Magazine number 2, May 2008. And let me tell you, I was riding high reading this article, then I realized I didn't even make the cover. Look who made the cover. It's none <laughs> it's other me. than Dan McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence, That's eh? crazy. Anyway, wow. I'm not sure if you have this issue, Dan, but it's Wham! Magazine number 2 from 2008. Oh, no. That was when and I released a, po a poetry book, I think. Right? Yeah, that was a poetry uh, book. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, wine and cheese. It was called. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yeah, that's so cool. Right? Fun stuff. Well. Anyway, so everything's connected in Windsor, right? <laughs> totally. Okay, totally. so now, uh, now we're going to talk about. Um, ooh, this is a classic. I got to say, we actually reviewed Spider-Man Three on the Comic Book Syndicate in season one. That's how far back this goes. Wow. And I remember when we saw it, everybody just knee-jerk reaction everybody hated it except for me myself and george rizok we were just like what does everyone see that we don't see so i'm, I'm not going to give a full review right now but i will say well i agree that it's extremely disjointed and some parts of the film feel like they are written and directed by a studio not written mm -hmm. and directed by a human being like they are so cobbled together and forced together like pretty much any scene with um sandman and venom together or even with yeah. Spider-Man and Green Goblin fighting, they're just yep. it's, a, it's a disaster. However, all the scenes of Peter and Mary Jane sitting talking and 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 arguing and the, seeing their relationship develop, I thought those were just as good as the scenes in Spider-Man 1 and 2. In fact, not only that, I I think that they're better than average in any uh, of any mm. Marvel Studios film. So overall, I obviously the action was all over the place and the the, the multiple storylines uh, brought it down. But overall, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought it would, going back to it. Dan, why don't you give us your initial reaction to rewatching it? Sure. Well, I, I rewatched it, like, especially for this podcast. I had not watched Spider-Man 3 yet. I did see Spider-Man 1 and 2, the Tobey Maguire, back when it was in the movie theaters. What was that, 2002 and 2004? I think those two. Right. So, yeah. And I have not watched them since. And I thought, well, should I rewatch those just so I get in that zone? I thought, you know what? To give myself a fresh perspective i'm just gonna go by my memory from way back in the day and watch spider-man 3 for the first time as is and uh it was long so i thought oh boy is this gonna overstay its welcome i didn't think so all things considering and superhero films aren't really they're not really the movies i immediately gravitate to i do enjoy them but they're not my first pick so i thought oh i think it was about two hours and 20 minutes or close to uh but it flew by for me that's a really good sign i agree with what you said i enjoyed it quite a bit uh, I thought uh, Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane was awesome. I love the scenes, like you said, with Tobey Maguire and, and Kirsten Dunst. They were phenomenal. Um, I liked like the new Goblin that that James uh, Franco was. I thought his character was very interesting. Uh, Sandman, neat. 
not realized enough. I kind of thought, uh, what was that? Right. Was it Marco? What was the character? What was the man who played Marco Flick? Flink? Flint Marco. Marco Flint. Marco. Or Flint, Flint yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he came off as very derpy, and I don't know if it was meant to be that way or not, but I kind of was just like, eh, I didn't really connect with his character. And his storyline, I thought just kind of, okay, he literally dusted away. And I'm like, what about his daughter? What about his wife? They, yep. they kind of set that up, and they never followed through with it. Um, Venom... I agree with you. I think Venom, like, a cool, cool villain, but it felt very, why is he in here? It was like too much of one and not enough of neither, as Archie Bunker would say. Like, right, it, right. it was neat to see it, but I'm like, there was just no oomph. Like, that end scene when they're all fighting, the big face-off is happening. Um it was like Venom was added in last minute. Like, we got to get Venom in there because Venom looks really cool. And right. there was no follow So. I enjoyed it. It held my attention. The two hours and 20 minutes literally zipped by, but I thought it could have been edited out. Maybe even, and this might be controversial, maybe even they could have just not even had Venom in there. And I don't know if I would have missed it much and maybe instead build up Sandman, who had potential to be interesting, but really wasn't. And I also thought, I love her to death, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, her character Gwen Stacy. I thought, okay, they're setting this up to be something big. And then I kind of thought, she didn't fully need to be here either. Like I almost thought, is she going to be the big, you know, the, the final girl in that big final scene? Right. And it ended up being Mary Jane. And I thought, okay, what's the point of, of Gwen's character again? So I liked it, but I thought it was confused the plot line a little bit. And I kind of thought the same thing. I'm like, I see a lot of Sam Raimi in this, but I also see a lot of big studio with their fingers in the pie too. And that's where I think it might've got muddled a little bit. That That's my like hot, fast, hot take on sure, it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay, Josh, what's your take on it? Yeah, it, it's been a while since I've seen this one. Usually when I kind of do a rewatch, I usually do the first two. and I usually kind of <laughs> skip over the third one or while I'm watching it, I'm not like super paying attention. This time watching it, I was actually uh, pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I, I was thinking that I was going to just be completely miserable. And I'm like, okay, wait, this isn't as bad as I remembered. But I think um, uh, Dan hit the nail on the head with um, Sandman, I think, is maybe the, 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 the best set up supervillain. And he has like the least payoff. Right. Yeah, like in, in any of these movies, you, you immediately know that he's a bad guy, but you also like immediately have sympathy for him. Totally. Like you're on his side from the start. We don't have enough time with him in the movie to kind of see that like back and forth of like what's he gonna do what's his plan like what is sandman's plan he tries to steal money i think for his daughter but we kind of we kind of see him just like escape the that like sand power plant and uh, <laughs> and and like fight spider-man like you, you know he's not really in it i'm not even sure how venom at the end of the movie would think or would know where to find him to ask him to team up at the end of the movie. Like, it just doesn't make sense that he's there. Um, Venom doesn't have to be in this movie. I think that the symbiote is perfect for, for this story and with what's happening with Peter and MJ. And I think that's crucial to the plot. And it also really ties in with Harry's story. But Venom really does feel tacked on at the end, kind of like, well, we have the symbiote here, so we've got to have him turn into Venom at some point. He really doesn't have much of a part in this story. Um, even 
Eddie Brock is kind of just like there, you know, not really yeah. weaved into things. So, um, while it, it, I definitely enjoyed watching it again, um, it, I think it is the weakest, uh, the weakest one of the three, but, um, it had a lot of potential. And I think Thomas Hayden Church is maybe the perfect casting in any three of these movies besides yeah. uh, J.K. Simmons as. Mm j jonah jameson like he looks and acts the part like perfectly from the comics i agree yeah. a perfect casting you're right yeah uh bex luther what do you think spidey three i did not have as much fun as you guys uh, <laughs> oh, man. um dan was saying he's like i wonder if i should have watched the first two it's like good call not because you'd finish the second one and then start the third one and be like oh and you would do what josh did turn it off um, <laughs> So I don't like Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, or James Franco. So this movie was fun. Um, <laughs> yes. I didn't like it when it came out. I don't like it now. Um, like most things in the late 90s and early 2000s, Avi Arad ruins everything Spider-Man related. And he's the reason why Venom's in this movie, too. Because mm-hmm. they're like, well, we gotta have Venom. People like Venom. No. Um People don't like Venom. People like Eddie Brock, and Eddie Brock sucks in this movie. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. here, like in the comic books, Spider-Man gets the symbiote, and then it's not for years until Venom shows up, right. which right. is absolutely the way it should have been done. And I yeah. don't like it how it's done in the comics because it's Secret Wars. But we're not going to talk about <laughs> that. Um, yeah. But having Peter get the symbiote, that's totally cool and it, and everything. And then Venom's just like, I'm here. And it's the skinniest, worst looking <laughs> Venom you've ever seen in your entire life. So very disappointed as a child going to see this movie. Like a child who loved Spider-Man and read the comics and everything. I was like, oh, cool. Like it's, it's bad when you come out of a movie and you're like, the coolest villain was Sandman. <laughs> you know from the comic books my favorite character sandman um um P- peter's character is very butchered in this film um yeah there's not enough transition between him being peter and then him him being a dick as peter parker and then him being a dick as peter parker in this with the symbiote he's already a dick the entire first half of this movie so when he becomes even more of a dick like they have to have him slap a woman to showcase that he's actually a dick now for mm. sure because like mm-hmm. he's just a dick the first half of this movie mm. um i don't like mary jane's character i think it's too far of a departure from the comic books i hate that she's so meek and pointless she nothing like she has peter parker's characters from the comics nothing goes right for her she struggles she does like it just doesn't work and then you have like gwen stacy who's a super genius and a model and pretty and cool and dating eddie brock I, I, yeah it was really it was really well, weird <laughs> i completely forgot that they made gwen a, a like supermodel right in, i forgot in, about that in this too. Yeah. They and amalgamated was- Mary Jane into Gwen Stacy, and then Mary Jane was kind of an original character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, before Which we go fine. forward, I just want to ask Dan, are you familiar mm-hmm. with the comics at all? No, I'm not. So okay. I, I had a total fresh perspective on just okay. the film alone. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. so um, oh. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that the, the characters Mary Jane and, and Gwen, I was kind of... 
I, I kind of didn't really know what to think of either one of them. I, I liked I liked Kirsten Dunst. I did. I love her her all her scenes, Mary Jane and, and Peter's scenes together. But um, I just felt like for how long it was, there there wasn't enough development, especially with the character when 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 Peter became like Dark Peter. That was kind of really like, oh, what just happened? He kind of wakes up, he's hanging upside down, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, this feels great. And that I, I didn't fully get the transition. I got it, but it, it seemed a lot of stuff seemed very, very rushed, and other stuff seemed very drawn out that didn't need, drawn out that didn't need to be. But um, but what were you gonna ask about the the characters? Because well, yeah, I'm not familiar. With yeah, the I mean, we can't go over the whole history, but one key thing about Venom was that, or or the or the costume is Peter Peter Parker discovers the costume. Uh, it's actually not a costume. It's a, it's an alien symbiote, symbiote on a planet, okay? Right. In 1985... <laughs> he pretty much gets it out of a vending machine yeah, on another it's, world. It's, we're we're going to skip over those details, <laughs> but the important thing is that he comes back from an alien world with this alien costume covering his body. Now, the important thing is is that the alien can change its shape to anything. So when he wants to have street clothes, it just becomes street clothes, right? So he's walking around and it's always on him and that's how it's able to possess him and control him. Whereas in this film, he takes it off, he puts it on, he takes it off, which makes no sense because how is he turning evil, right? So anyway, in in the comics, he figures out that it's through help, that it's an alien, he gets rid of it and it's gone for a year then it comes back then it's gone for three years or so then when it finally comes back it possesses eddie brock and this is a storyline again stretched out over well two or three years we'll say yeah right now obviously the movies don't have to follow that exactly but i think one of um what's his name sam raimi's original plans was to split the movie in two which would have made sense right Mm -hmm. oh yeah you end this movie with peter defeating the alien it disappears you set up Eddie Brock a little bit, but then in the next movie, Eddie Brock is down and out, and then the symbiote mm-hmm. comes back, right? That would have been, <laughs> I think, a much better movie. Yeah. I can even see the ending, like, you know, Peter right. tearing off the, the black thing, and then at the end, like, the, the little the, the symbiote kind of jerks or jumps a bit. <laughs> right. like, mm-hmm. Something's yeah. coming with that. And then yeah. Right, like, right, it, that exactly. would have been way, would have made way more sense. I didn't know it was supposed to, or the original idea was to have two films, but it really did. That, that character, for whatever reason, uh, he, Venom, really, I really thought, cool, but not cool enough for what it could be right right right. i knew i was missing something and i thought uh, maybe maybe it's because i don't know the comics that well like that you did shed some light but i also thought the same thing with the suit i'm like okay he's wearing this thing like a t-shirt and he did take it off and he decided to put it back on and i thought why is it all of a sudden so hard to take off i'm not fully getting this here but okay cool yeah not a fully realized idea. So yeah. now I, I I also enjoyed Mary Jane. I, I I personally don't like the idea of her being a model like she is in the comics. I'd rather her be an actress. But I do think it was odd to give that personality and career to Gwen Stacy. That was definitely weird, and I completely forgot about that too. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't mind the switch up of like careers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think it actually really works with her being like in plays and musicals and stuff. And it also really lends itself to the storyline that's happening with uh, Peter being like oblivious to right. everything that's happening in her life and being too preoccupied with Spider-Man. So yeah, I enjoyed that change in the, in, in her character. It, it, it is weird that, um, that they don't pl- like, they don't play into that more, right? That, that she is like, like almost like her and Peter are swapped in this one where he's like on top of the world. He's mm-hmm. got this new suit. Mm-hmm. He feels great. He's defeating all these villains, like no problem. 
now she's like struggling financially. She can't keep a job. She's getting fired from like her dream career. Like it would have been nice to kind of maybe folk like make that a little bit more a part of the story in this one because it's kind of just a way to have them start arguing. So that way it makes sense when uh, Harry forces her to break up with him. Right. 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 And was, and yeah. if if she was the one that called <laughs> off the wedding, like on her own terms, I think it, I think maybe even that would have fixed it. And then mm-hmm. that's when Harry can be like, oh, I'm going to take this opportunity now to drive a wedge in between them even further and use sure. this as like a way to, to get back at Peter emotionally. And that's well, what pisses me off too. Is 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 Franco Goblin, which is what I call him. Um, <laughs> he he doesn't even like tr- he like oh, I kissed Mary Jane and now I'm gonna choke her and tell her to break up with Peter. Like just like make her fall in love with you. Like clearly that's happening. So like I would have yeah. liked some more sneaky. Right, right. Harry Manipul- Osborne, like yeah. Yes, and then so she like kisses him and feels bad, confesses to Peter, and they break up and and. Franco Goblin is with Mary Jane now, and Peter's sad. Like, no, he just immediately is like, "I'll kill Peter if you don't break up with him." And she's like, "All right, <laughs> I, I guess you're evil." Like, no secrecy, none. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were even kind of bubbling the little romance thing too. And they met to meet, they make the omelet together, and then oh. they read the play, and then they kiss. I'm like, "Ooh, this is happening." Then it was like 180, and it totally mm-hmm. switched. I agree. One thing I did laugh at though with the opening scene when Peter goes to see Mary Jane, Mary Jane's um, Broadway show, and as he's leaving the theater, you hear kind of other people leaving, talking, and one woman leaving. Yeah, she just says, "Oh, I, th- I thought she was good." And I, I burst out laughing because <laughs> it was just, I was like, oh, is she supposed to suck? And then, of course, the reviews came out and she was fired and everything. But I, I love that little thing, how um, how she approached Peter saying, I was no good. I sucked. I was awful. The reviews were terrible. And Peter says, no, no, you were fine. You were fine. And she says, this isn't about you. This is about me. And I thought there was like an underlying theme of ego and alter ego. And that's what that whole is it called symbiote that black ink stuff that venom's made yeah. of symbiote. right yeah that was the whole it embraces the the worst of your ego and kind of sure. brings that to the front so i thought that was kind of a neat little undergoing thread i'm not sure if i was analyzing it too much but i thought that was kind of cool how she was the first to kind of admit it uh it wasn't the greatest and mm-hmm. he was, no 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 you're great no this is about me this is not about you i, I love that i loved kind of that seed that planted a bit for the plot well, yeah mm-hmm. it's like it's like peter was reverting a little bit to pre-Uncle Ben murder Peter, where he was getting a little bit cocky, right? Which I think was a good theme in the movie. Now, Mm -hmm. one thing, we can disagree on Mary Jane, we can disagree on Venom, but one thing we could all agree on is emo Peter Parker, the highlight of the movie. (laughs) Everybody loves emo Peter Parker. Becca? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite emo Peter Parker. Can I just say one thing? In the midst of this, by the way, most expensive movie ever made at the time of its release. Yeah, all those mid- pumpkin bombs. Yeah, at the midst, in the midst of this movie, Sam Raimi just does Sam Raimi, and he's got Tobey Maguire <laughs> with, his, with his hair in his face, and he's strutting down the street, and it, it's this insane slapstick comical editing with the piano and dancing. Yeah. And I, I'm sitting here, no, I'm loving it because I'm in the theater in 2008 going, this is crazy. This is insane, and I can't believe they're letting him get away with it. Uh, it's since grown kind of like a cult following because of that, but I want to know, Becca, uh, yeah, Spider-Friend number one, what do you think of emo <laughs> Peter Parker? Um, 
solid meme, bad part of the movie. Uh, look, the, I didn't, when I first saw the movie, I had no idea how I was supposed to feel. Because, like, in the movie, Betty is like, oh, Peter's all hot now. But then in that scene, half of the women are, like, grossed out and half the women are intrigued. And I was like, what? happening yeah. here like is this attractive i mean i'm not attracted to it but is it like i don't know, uh, uh mm. it'll forever be a fantastic internet meme and that's <laughs> all it needs to be really um yeah have you seen that little kid do the peter parker dance yeah so josh no no i don't like it <laughs> You know, okay. I th I think if it was in a different movie, it would maybe, <laughs> maybe be my favorite part of the movie. I mean, even mm -hmm. in this movie, it's almost my favorite part, right? Be just because of like the the meta ness of it. Obviously, it doesn't fit in this movie. It really doesn't. Um, it's so goofy and fun, but it just is so out of place that, and not in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, ah, if it was like in something that was more of a comedy, maybe like that weird twist would like be fun and easy to laugh at. But I don't think that it's funny in the way that it was intended to be funny. Oh, but right? then why was I laughing so hard? <laughs> right. I woke up I'm, my not, neighbor, right? I'm not saying it wasn't funny, uh -huh. but uh, yeah. It, and I think uh, Becca's totally right. It, it's, they don't, um, they don't make it clear whether people are supposed to be impressed or not with him. Right, right. Right. If if he's like getting all in his head and he has a huge ego and he's doing this and everybody's looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? Then it could like it could totally work. But half the time they're looking at him like, what's going on here? And then the other time it's like, whoa, this guy is so freaking cool. What the hell? Where did he, where did he come from? And then like in the bar, he's playing the piano and everybody's like <laughs> cheering for him. And he's like. He's sliding like, on the chairs and jumping stuff. Jumping on the tables and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody loves it. I'm. It's just like, yeah, it, it doesn't know exactly, I think, what it wants to be in that moment, like with the emo Peter. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it unfortunately doesn't work um, for better or for worse, because, I mean, I feel like it's grown into something way bigger. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Now, so. Dan, what would you think of emo Peter Parker? <laughs> I, I liked the camping the campiness of it spoke to me I thought like I was kind of giggling and I kind of almost it took me out of the Spider-Man film it did and I was kind of like what is this and I, I thought yeah. the same thing like the, half the girls were like whoa check him out and the other half were kind of like ew so I kind right. of thought okay interesting he's being that guy but that bar scene with the big dance when Kirsten Dunst is singing and he's grabbing the chair and doing all the crazy tango moves whatever dance he was doing I kind of <laughs> forgot it was a Spider-Man film and I kind right. of I, I was entered entertained by it. it was out there very sam raimi his humor because he always peppers everything with that campy crazy slapstick humor right uh, so i gotta say it took me by surprise i wasn't fully expecting it but i liked it simply for what it was just like it, it entertained me i laughed i burst out laughing I'm like okay this isn't taking itself too seriously but it, i thought it was funny i thought it was an interesting choice but i kind of it to me it also played into that this is where it gets a bit confused. That was very campy and, and goofy, maybe in all the right ways. But then the Venom thing was equally standoutish mm -hmm. and weird. Uh, so when you put them all together, then string in the basic uh, theme to the film, it was just another thing that was like a speed bump. But 
I didn't mind it, to be honest. I like when it, they kind of establish he saw himself in the mirror and then he pulled his hair down in his face. Right, like, right, I'm like, right. oh, this yeah. is the character. Got it. That's the switch. The little flip down here. Right, right, the emo right. flip. And, uh, you know, so I got to say, I, I did like Peter Parker. It was unusual, but it was also very Sam Raimi, I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, as we're talking about this film, I have to remind everyone in Superman 3, Superman uh, also yes. became evil. Remember? Yes, when he gets drunk. Yes, and Christopher Reeve had to play oh evil God. Superman. We should all remember that. And some huh. of the, and I'm not exaggerating, should some we? of the best acting Christopher Reeve ever did. Like, it was so good. Playing good Superman, or evil Superman versus good Clark Kent, that was great. And they have a big gigantic fight in a, like a, an auto wreck right. yard. Yeah, yes. and then it's like the battle of the egos. And right. Yeah. I, I actually, it reminded me a lot of Superman 3 after when he like accidentally hit Mary Jane. And she's right. like, who are you? And I thought, wow, this is, the, I actually thought this is Superman 3 right now. Totally. Right. Another underrated film. But anyway, yep. um, we are going to talk, <laughs> we're going to talk about the rest of the characters in the movie uh, really sure, quickly. Yeah. We're just going to kind of do like a round robin here. Uh, let's sure. start with uh, Becca's favorite actor, James Franco. Uh, tell us, what yep. did you think of James Franco as, what do you call him? New Green Goblin, second Green Goblin 2, Franco Goblin. Not Hobgoblin. <laughs> not Hobgoblin. <laughs> he's not the Hobgoblin, we swear. Yeah. He, uh, he, he's never called the Hobgoblin, but in all of his toy merchandise and posters, yeah. it's definitely Hobgoblin. Oh, really? I didn't know but that. Okay. He's called New Goblin, right? Like in the credits? Yeah. Like, just yes. call him Green Is Goblin 2. That's what he was called. <laughs> But whatever. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene in this movie actually has James Franco in it. And it's when he tells Peter that he's the other man. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say every single... Oh, yes. I thought you every were going to say every single time he hits his head off of a girder. <laughs> yeah. Which is at least five times in this Second movie. Second <laughs> favorite scene. Um, no, and then he turns around and Peter's like sad and leaving and he just smiling eats the pie that's the best scene in this <laughs> but then, movie but then the i will not be great. taking further questions <laughs> but then also remember the waitress like again another campy joke setup how's the pie what is he no how does she set it up remember oh i just watched oh. it i don't remember how she sets it up but it is so over the top but it's yeah. hilarious it totally works and then right? yeah. there's a bus that drives by and then he's gone right yeah right, right. he has a big well, grin I, even right, the, right. like the bartender in the back's like Right. He's like looking around, like, where did he go? <laughs> no. Yeah, that was weird. Everything about James Franco, I hate in real life. And in this movie, I absolutely love. I love New Goblin because it's so bad. Um, mm-hmm. I love the amnesia. We love an amnesia plot. Oh it's my, my favorite kind of plot. <laughs> yeah. I love that he, for 25 minutes in this movie, just forgets that he wants to kill Peter and then goes back to remembering he wants to kill Peter. Um, <laughs> I love that he makes his 95-year-old butler get him snacks. I love that it takes it takes him to get hit in the head like a third time for him to be like, oh, maybe Peter didn't kill my dad. He did, he did yeah. say he didn't. And now my, my butlers say he didn't. So maybe he didn't. I'll sacrifice myself for him. I love every decision he makes in this movie because it's the wrong one. Um... <laughs> And also, every decision he makes in his real life is the wrong one. So, good job, Jane Franco. <laughs> uh, Dan, Watch out, you th- kids. What did you think of uh, James Franco in this one? 
Um, I, I'm not the biggest James Franco fan present day either. I just kind of think it's like, it always comes off as like douchey. Maybe it's the roles. He's just a really good actor, but I don't know. But this one, I kind of, it brought me back because I hadn't seen that James Franco in a long time. I have like the, the frat house James Franco in my head. And I kind of thought, oh, he's, I remember this James Franco very, very briefly. And I liked this James <laughs> Franco. I loved his character. I wish there was more. Um, more like of New Goblin versus Peter Parker and Spider-Man because I mm-hmm. liked some of those chase scenes. Some of them even reminded me a little bit of the, the the hoverboard chase scene in Back to the Future 1 and 2 a little bit with going <laughs> over the cars and whatnot. So I liked that. I don't know if it was an intentional nod or not, but but I, I, I liked his character. I thought it was interesting. Um, I thought the amnesia thing, uh, I thought it was kind of weird that Peter Parker was just like, Oh, cool. He's got amnesia. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Like that problem solved. And it's like, dude, your friend has amnesia. And when he finally, when they finally had that big face, face off and Peter, uh, sorry. Um, the, the new goblin throws the little pumpkin bomb at him and Peter kind of catches it, reverts it and throws it back at him and blows him up. Peter's like, cool done good and it's like that was your right. friend and right. like you just killed mm. him like you you know you didn't kill his dad he was a confused friend with a mis- bad misconception about you and you just blew him up and yeah. Peter Parker's <laughs> yeah. like oh well that that settles that he's gone I thought right. that was kind right. of a bit right. of a plot hole like but yeah but uh, to be honest I actually liked James Franco in this I didn't mind it. I'm not a big James Franco fan but I was like oh yeah I like him in this I forgot how much I enjoyed him yeah I agree I, I never thought he was a great actor or even particularly funny but I think he worked in this film maybe because of the character he was playing and the way he was kind of back and forth but for some reason you're right he seemed to work at every scene i thought so yeah i did like him although i didn't understand why they couldn't just give green goblin a mask like hey is he green goblin or is he not give him a mask he has a mask it's a paintball yeah i don't know why they had to make him like cool super villain because it was 2008 you have venom and like a giant sand monster like yeah. just just give him like a supervillain mask. It did it did make sense. Right, right. Ugly him up um, a bit or he something. Had them. Yeah. I right. Yeah, they they'd show the yeah. Josh, what do you think? The, of, uh, the worst part about this movie is how um, James Franco says Bernard. I gotta say, <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> he calls his butler name? Bernard, oh. <laughs> and not yeah, Bernard. Right. His name is Bernard, and he calls him Bernard. Hmm, that is odd. I don't know why. Burn. No, yeah, uh, yeah, he's fine. It, he's very campy. Um, I feel like um, him and Topher Grace feel like they're in a movie together, being like super campy and like comic book villains, like mm-hmm. old style. And everybody else in the movie is like grounded. And even when they have those moments of like camp. They're still like grounded in some sort of reality where those two just feel like they're in a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, yeah. So I, I I think his performance was fun at times, but like it felt a little out of place. But okay. Um, so now okay. it it also doesn't make any sense the whole amnesia storyline because oh. if you took if you took that out of the movie, nothing changes. That's like true. nothing, nothing happens where he like snaps out of it and has a realization or anything. He kisses MJ and then, uh, and then afterwards he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to be evil again. And he remembers everything. And yeah, then, well, and you know what I mean? And like hit nothing changes to because him and Peter Parker don't do anything together that changes the story. Like we see them once right. 
walking through the mansion and like having a chat like, oh, glad you're back. No, you don't have any girlfriends. Ha 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 ha. And then that's it. So like it really feels like a wasted opportunity not to do something with that and have like Peter do something while he's evil to Harry and not the goblin. Right. Like have right. him mm-hmm. somehow betray his friendship, but actually betray it this time. Not like how Harry thinks it was betrayed by like Spider-Man killing his father, but like something on a friendship level being betrayed. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Nothing, nothing really happens with the amnesia thing. So um, it's, it's already kind of like a ridiculous thing to happen. And then for nothing to actually like go anywhere with it is, is like a a real bummer, I think. Right. Mm. So we should point out that um, as Becca mentioned, how do you pronounce his name? Avi, Avi Arid? No. Avi Arid. Yeah. Avi Arid. So he's been involved with Marvel's adaptation since the '90s. I didn't realize he was involved with the Spider-Man cartoon. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh wow! Yeah, the, yeah he's I, the I, problem. He's he's what's wrong with it? <laughs> right, right. Oh. Basically, yeah. I don't know how these guys get these jobs, but maybe he was already a billionaire. But somehow he's still there. They can't get rid of him. But um, <laughs> as far as we know, the original plan was that Sam Raimi wanted to just have Sandman, and Venom was forced on him. I'm sure that Green Goblin was always part of the story, but. Sandman was definitely forced on him. However, just judging Thomas Hayden Church, we've already said a lot about him, but if he had his own movie, I think he would have been perfect. Like, I'm not sure. Uh, Becca, are you familiar with him from any other movies? Have you seen it before? Or? Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming? Or Spider-Man No, no Okay, Home? so not that. I saw him um, in that one. <laughs> when, he, when he also was Sandman. Okay, wait, Dan, did you see, what was that movie he was in with uh, Paul Giamatti? Sideways. Um, oh, what That's a one of my movie. favorite movies, yeah. Absolutely. It's great. Is it the one wine movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 A long he's time ago I saw that. a good actor, yeah. right? Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, and yeah I, agree, I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, he is, you're right, I agree, Josh, perfectly cast for this movie. Unfortunately, he, you know, he didn't get to develop it. Uh, further yeah. than what we saw, but we've we've already talked about him. So we've already talked about James James Franco. Let's jump to Bryce Dallas Howard, who mm. everyone knows now as the director of certain episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, and, and Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. So she's actually a very talented director, wow. as well as yeah, as she's well as an actress. And she's in World. Jurassic World. And, That's right. She's yeah. the co-star. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also the daughter of famed director Ron Howard, right? So she's kind of like Hollywood royalty. I mean, as she far was as in Twilight, I forgot about oh. that. Yeah, okay. So yeah, she's <laughs> been around for a long time. She's got a very uh, storied resume, I guess you could say. But I mean, as far as playing Gwen Stacy, I thought she was fine. Uh, Dan, what'd you think of Bryce Dallas Howard? I liked her. I love her. I love my, my favorite episode of Black Mirror. It features her, the nosedive right. episode. I love her in that. Um, I liked her character. I thought she was good. Um, I just kind of thought, I don't know. It almost seemed like maybe it was meant to be a competition. Well, I guess it kind of was a competition between her and, and, uh, and, and Mary Jane. But I, I kind of thought they could have done more with her story too it was like something was missing and i don't know right. what it was right. like i wanted to see more of her but then it never really panned out so i liked what i saw of her but i almost thought she could have had a more central role in the film and it it just they had too much other things too many other things going on 
to realize her character. And I almost feel that's the same thing that happened with Sand- Sandman, that there was too many other things going on, too many other plots happening where they couldn't fully develop his role either. I feel the same thing yep. happened to her. So that mm-hmm. I liked what I saw. I wanted to see more. I'm not sure if that movie, there was a way for her to do more. It seems like it, they would have needed to jiggle up the editing a bit to give sure. her a more prominent role. But it's like her character wasn't what what it kind of hinted it could be, if that makes any sure, sense. Sure, So, but, should, but I liked what I saw. Yeah. We should also say in the comics, Gwen Stacy was introduced first, uh, before okay. Mary Jane. And then Betty Brant was actually introduced before that, I believe. I think before, yeah. Right. Yeah. So in the comics, Peter had dated Liz Allen, then Allen. Betty Brant, then Gwen Stacy, then Mary Jane. And so it was kind of this Betty and Veronica type thing for a while. And then Gwen Stacy ended up dying in like the 70s, like 72. So it was oh. kind of like a big deal at the time, but in the in the movies they kind of do it a little bit backwards. And then if you saw the Amazing Spider-Man with uh, what's his name Andrew Garfield, yeah. you, I don't know if you saw that, but remember the second movie, Gwen Stacy dies, right? Just like in the comics. So. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. No, I, I liked her character, but I just kind of thought, eh, it didn't have the bite that I thought it could have because I think she's a phenomenal actress, and the character was really interesting too, but just not enough meat to it to really sink in. Developed. Does anyone yeah. else want to say anything else about Bryce Dallas Howard? I think she was perfect in the role. I just feel like, yeah, there wasn't enough with her character. Like, I didn't have any yeah. problems with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard at all. So, <coughs> so I, you know what I love? I love when she apologized to Kirsten Dunst or Mary Jane when he kind of did the whole little dance in the bar, and then she realized, yeah. oh, this was that for her, and she's like, I'm so sorry, and she left. I, I was like, what? An, that was an interesting moment for her character. Uh, but again, just not enough of that. You know what I mean? Not enough payoff for, for what it promised. Yeah. You know, I got to agree because I, I remember that specific moment where even though this is a Hollywood blockbuster, there are great moments of writing where these characters are acting like real people and they're acting like unique people, not cliche knee jerk reactions. Right. And you're right. Yeah. I noticed that moment that she took the, the moment to apologize to Mary Jane. I thought that was yeah. really smart. Really good. writing. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Um. So, okay. Help me out. Was, uh, Becca. S- Becca is my name. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Josh, what is it again? No. Okay. So the the Russian, um, Mr. Dikovich. Yeah. What What's the girl? Is it uh the girl? Ursula. Name? Ursula. Ursula. Was she in Spider Man Two? I don't remember. Uh, I believe they're they're both in Spider Man Two. Yeah. Because that's yeah, when I've- that's when he moves. It's out, all a big if blur. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. And we're not going to spend a lot of time, but I thought her character was great in this. Yeah. I thought she was hilarious. And <laughs> she has more a... screen time and character than Gwen Stacy, probably. True. You know, <laughs> like, true. like, what yeah. odd, like, you almost got to wonder, sometimes you're watching these movies and, again, Marvel Studios films, love them all you want, but they seem very, like, approved by committee, where, like, 25 different executives have gone, okay, you know, I approve, I approve, I approve. Okay, cut that, cut that. And all the rough edges are shaved off. This movie, you've got uh, the daughter and the landlord and these weird moments of like... <laughs> remember when the landlord says, oh, you want to you want to make me feel better? Get me a pizza. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. just like, and, and it just like hangs in the air and you're like, what, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what is this? Totally. Yeah. It's so weird. But yeah, I really like those characters. Yeah. Um, I just wish it was Mandy and Candy and Bambi and yes, her names were. <laughs> yeah, his actual roommates from the comics. I when are we gonna have them, them in live action? That'd I'm, be fun. Wait, 
One day, I'm sure one we'll day, have a Becca, Disney Plus show about them. Direct one of these um, <laughs> about the four random girls that live next to Peter. Yes, I'll do a Cineverse <laughs> spinoff. But um, at least like, it's true to the comics in the f- sense that Peter's landlords and neighbors are always wacky. Yes, <laughs> yes. and a cause for like just randomness in his life. Right. Yeah. So that's fun. I just I don't think that the female characters in this film are very well developed. Unfortunately, there's too there's not enough screen time for them because there's too much fighting with the boys. Mm, right? You can say it, that. Yeah. You can say that. Um, I, I was confused oh, by Ursula is her name, the the neighbors, yeah, the landlord. I was confused by her too because you know she was wasn't she always obsessing like I think Mary Jane called you. Did Mary Jane call? And mm. I was like, does she have a crush? Is she like wanted to set him up? It was. I, I love them. I love the the landlord character. And I, I couldn't remember if they were in any of the other ones. I couldn't. They didn't really stand out for me because it's been so long since I've watched those films. But yeah, they were quirky and neat. I liked them. I enjoyed them. Yeah, I thought it was really cute. Yeah, definitely. Um, one other character I want to talk about. Again, my memory's a blur. Even though I I rewatched all three Sam Raimi films this year, but um. Dylan Baker as Dr. Curtis Connors. Was he in Spider-Man 2? I don't remember. He was. I think yeah, he's been vaguely. in all three. Wow, okay. okay. Yeah. So, I, if I'm not mistaken. You, Dan, do you know that that character goes on to become the lizard in the comics? Did you know that? I did not know that. That makes me like him even more. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I remembered him in all three, and I thought, you know, it was a small little neat supporting role to kind of explain things and whatnot, but right. loved it. But that's very intriguing that he becomes a villain. Yes, and, is, and, is the, the, the lizard is a villain. I take it. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. He yeah. turns into a giant man-eating reptile. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. I'm, they I'm used thought. him in Amazing Spider-Man One. Yeah. I think. Yes. Right with uh, Andrew Garfield. He was but, originally going to be the bad guy in Spider-Man Four when they awesome. announced it because they did announce that they were going to make a fourth installment before it was canceled a little right. after the the announcement. But right. it was supposed to be this like build up did, to the lizard. Do we know why it was canceled? That's a okay. So I did I some know. research in two seconds, and um, <laughs> I, I should point out it was not because of box office returns. Because this mm-hmm. okay surprise, this movie made more than Spider Man One and Two. Wow! It made more than Amazing Spider Man One and Two. Uh, so it was a box office hit. Obviously, critically, it was, the uh, the critics mm-hmm. were mixed on this. But I think it was a conflict between Sony and Sam Raimi, where Sam Raimi kind of didn't want to do Spider-Man 4. And I think they took that opportunity to go, okay, you know what? If you don't want to do the Spider-Man, we're just going to reboot. That's as far as I know what happened. Oh, I think maybe Tobey Maguire, too, has always kind of mm-hmm. been like in and out of the, the movies. And yeah, favorite reportedly anyway. awful on set on every movie he's in. <laughs> oh, just but- he is? Yeah, well, apparently. Wait, wait, wait. I know nothing about him. Let's but just yeah, clarify yeah. something. He is one of my favorite actors, but you remember the movie um, Molly's Game? Loved it. Okay. You know the, the, the character played by Michael Sarah? Yes. Yep. That is Tobey Maguire. In real life, he's playing Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. Get out. Yes. Isn't really? That wow. He, yeah. So apparently he's a big asshole. Wow. Yeah, and he, he hadn't yeah. been in like movies in years because I think it's a mixture of him not wanting to do it and then like nobody wanting to have him in his movies. And then when the new Spider-Man came out, I think it kind of like brought him back into the light and he's been in like a movie or two since. I'll cast but. it, Toby. Anytime. <laughs> I love um, him in the ice storm. Oh, he was so good in that. He was great. Yeah, it was a great film. He was good in that yep. movie Brothers. Do you remember that? Brothers. Oh, Yeah. 
Yes. Oh, that was excellent. I that forgot was about uh, that Jake one. Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Look yeah, at yeah. that. Yeah, good In one. fact, another little f- trivia note, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was was going to take over the role of Spider-Man for mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 because Tobey Maguire injured his back. And so Jake Gyllenhaal oh. was like the front runner to replace him. Yeah, because of Seabiscuit. Uh, C- not Seabiscuit. What was he in? The horse movie, right? Like he injured yeah, his back. On- yeah. It was Seabiscuit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I also saw in theaters. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so for, as far as I know, for if we go back to the canceling sure. of movies and oh, stuff yeah. like that, um, Raimi left the project. He was going to do Spider-Man 4 and then left it because they went through like five scripts and he's like, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, now nah, I'm done. So then they dropped it and then it didn't get another director until they like rebooted it all for Amazing Spider-Man in mm-hmm. whatever year that was. But Spider-Man 4 was supposed to have Anne Hathaway as the black cat. Oh, right. And mm. John Malkovich as Vulture. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That would have been nice. So I know that. Um, the Vulture was supposed to be in this one, like in this in, in mm-hmm. his original version without Venom. It was the Vulture uh, and Sandman. Yeah. Mm. So- Which makes a little bit more sense because they're a little bit more like B-villain-esque mm-hmm. than having... Yeah, Venom team up with some dude. Well, it depends <laughs> how you how you how you rate a B villain because I don't know if you've heard Dan, but the next movie in the Sony Spider Verse has been announced, and it's oh, none, none other than the Hypno Hustler. The Hypno Hustler. The Hypno Hustler is a Nobody real as a real character <laughs> from the comics, and we uh. are going to forward uh, an image of the Hypno Hustler, so you know what we're talking about. If anyone can get to the Hypno Hustler before I can, I'm trying to get to the chat here. But all of our millions I'm of Spider-Cast yeah, <laughs> listeners know what we're talking about here. But uh, <laughs> and who's the actor that's playing him again? Donald Glover. Donald, Donald Glover, Glover. Which oh. sucks because Donald Glover's He's, amazing. Uh, and he Yeah. He could he should have been the prowler. I yeah. Stupid. Well and he is. He is the prowler. Like he's already Aaron Davis in the MCU. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they he should have just continued in that role. Hopefully this isn't like, hopefully it has nothing to do with Spider-Man and they're just like taking a random villain and making a random movie or something with it. And this right. has nothing to do with anything. But Sony should stop doing that. It's not well, working. <laughs> yeah. First I have to ask, Dan, did what you see the image yet of Hypno Hustler? Yeah. Is he like a rock and roller or what? It looks like Sly Stone. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, like it's sort of a disco rock. The images I'm seeing, the glasses and like the the hair and the guitar. Yeah, the mic. It looks like a, yeah. It's interesting. (laughs) I'm curious to know how that'll translate into on the big screen. I guess Donald Glover could do it. So the interesting thing is that Sony apparently has the rights to every character that ever appeared in a Spider-Man comic. <laughs> or like so, wow. originated from Originally, Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 So uh, debuted, yeah. debuted. So yeah. they, they're going to make movies, like they've already done Morbius. They're going to do Craven. Yeah, that's going to be out next obvious, year. Sounding so good. The obvious third choice is Hypno Hustler. <laughs> right. They're, they're just what do you going. think of Spider-Man villains? No, thinks who's, Morbius. What? They're doing that, bad, that movie with Bad Bunny. Who's he playing? What? I don't know. Remember that 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 rapper? He's He's in a movie. I don't know. Is it a Spider-Man one? Yeah. Okay, but he's... as you're researching that, oh. uh, Dan, I have to ask you, uh, yeah. I think uh, besides talking about Z-list villains here, we're going to wrap up this discussion by comparing <laughs> these Sam Raimi films. Now, I know you only rewatched Spider-Man 3, 
but mm-hmm. compared to the, the the current Marvel Studios films, where do you rate not just Spider-Man three, but the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films? I really enjoy them quite a bit. Like for for my big beef with the newer films is too much CGI. And this had its fair share of CGI yeah, too. I was like, like this I had no CGI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this one was so Indian. So I know, no, but uh, this oh. one was very, very uh, a lot of CGI. But for some reason, I was worried that it wouldn't date well. Thinking the technology was a bit newer back then, whenever this was made, two thousand seven or two thousand eight. And I thought, oh, this is going to be like, is this just going to be a bunch of computer generated shapes flying around? And it was, but I thought it was pretty well done, and I really, really liked it. I actually connected with this story. Two hours and twenty minutes. I literally, I will not lie, I rolled my eyes when I hit play, thinking, oh boy, is this going to be a movie or is it going to be an endurance mm-hmm. test? But I was actually sucked in. Like I, I really yeah. did enjoy it, and um, for what it was you know I, I enjoyed it quite a bit actually the, the two hours and 20 minutes flew by for me i preferred it much more than i thought i would and i prefer it much more than the newer marvel marvel films today i, I got to admit that and that's something that, that shocked me how much yep. i enjoyed it well yeah, it really did uh one of our uh pals kyle van doom agrees with you and so do i especially like you said the, just the scenes of talking not the cgi but peter and mary jane's relationship the scenes of them just sitting and talking, you do see moments of that in current Marvel Studios films, but not not to the extent, not to the length and the depth that you see in this film. Right. And, and I and I agree with you that made this film stand up better than I think most current Marvel Studios films would. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Right. It uh, yeah. Josh, how do you compare? Now that we've re-reviewed all of the mm. to- the Toby films, what do you think? How do you compare them? Um. Oh, it's really strange. It's almost like the MCU now has become more of like events. You know what I mean? Like they're big Mm -hmm. interconnecting episodes in this large story. So they they feel like movies, but also at the same time, like it feels like a chapter in a big story. Right. Um, these really do, even though they, they kind of have like a flow into like one, two to three, um, they feel like just movies. They feel like films on their own. Um, right. So yeah, it's, it's strange comparing them. I think uh, for me, because they feel like just completely different things almost. Uh, but uh, it's always super fun watching them. They have a special place in my heart. I grew up watching these movies. Um, I remember going to go see this movie with my best friend, uh, and uh, I had my parents drive us there, and we were in the back of the minivan talking about it the whole time, like so pumped about it. We get there, <laughs> and I remember like coming out of the theater and being like, this was good, right? And he was like, yeah, I think so. Like we were so <laughs> yeah. unsure about it at the time. Uh-huh. It was like right at the time where I was starting to like think about what I was watching. So sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I love these movies. Um, I had fun revisiting it. Is it a great movie? Not really, but um, it's definitely something I'm going to be rewatching, you know, a few more times. I'm sure. Right. Mm. Okay. Bex Luther. Where do you rate this compared to Marvel Studios films? Not, uh, see, <laughs> it's hard for me because I think I'm coming into this from a way different perspective. Because like, I was a huge comic book fan, and then went to see these movies, and 
that that was fine for me, but uh, as a kid, the characters that I loved never got movies, and still kind of don't. Um, so I like the new Marvel stuff better, just because I'm can like there's girls <laughs> in them. Is I don't I like it feels so like totally. oh of course she's so woke blah blah blah, but it's just like. The last Black Panther, like Black Panther Wakanda Forever, that movie made me feel way more emotional than Spider-Man 3 will ever make me feel. Mm -hmm. Just because it was so heavily revolving around sisterhood and, and motherhood and, 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 and just very, very, not feminine, but like women focused. I don't know. It just, it's, I like the new stuff because I'm seeing myself and I'm seeing all of my friends who I grew up reading comic book books with actually seeing them get to be superheroes now. So for me, that's more important. Then but be good. No. no. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, no. <laughs> because as, as we all know, Mike thinks that if a woman's in a movie, it means it's going to be bad. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. Thank you for clarifying that. Anyway. I just, I found as, like, as a kid, I probably would have said that Spider-Man 3 was my favorite Spider-Man movie. Really? Okay. Because Venom was in it. Okay. And then now as an adult, my favorite Spider-Man character is Mary, is, like, Zendaya's Mary Jane. Like, She's I, great, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have different wants in my superhero movies now. Um... I don't I don't know how to word it. It's just like There it this movie's so straight, Mike. God damn it. <laughs> God, Did you see the these... dancing scene? I don't know. Anyway, um Dude, yeah, that's like a good these point. that's a good point. These movies uh, but, but here's are so the thing. No, you're comic right. Comic books are so gay and all of the early two thousands <laughs> comic movies are so hetero and Mike You're poor totally little right. Gay you're totally head. right. But isn't that almost all Hollywood movies at the time. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I think the world's definitely changed. Yeah, it's not Spider-Man or Sam Raimi. I, it's everything, right? And I think, for the most part, it's for the better. Um, but I think, comic books have always been really gay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I yeah, need to, I need to get into comic books. What have yeah, I been they, missing? <laughs> There's a whole world this. out there, Dan. We'll but, introduce you to it. I definitely. know. What the heck? I missed it yeah, in my we'll channel. I was watching Madonna videos thinking that's where it was at. <laughs> Yeah. We got Dazzler comics for you, my boy. There you go. <laughs> Wolverine, uh, Jean Grey, and Cyclops are in a thruple now. It's great. Yes, they what? are. What? Are you, are you kidding? Yeah. No. Is that real? For real? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, okay, yeah. No, it's, it's pretty... Kids. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, so, one of the Robins is gay, is bisexual. Oh, well, so that's that cool. one does not come to a surprise. It's not the Robin you think. Yeah, not, not, oh, it's, it's the, the uh, third one. Not the Tidy Whitey's one, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Superman's son is, is, is gay now, so that's really oh, cool. That's very cool. Um, it's a whole crazy world now. It's a whole um, other yeah. world. Yeah, I think what's yeah, great, is. too, is we're, we're seeing um, uh, p different people being able to come in and, and write for these characters and create new characters. So yeah. we're having Muslim women coming mm -hmm. in and writing for Muslim women characters, having gay writers, artists, think lo things like that. So it it feels also very genuine and uh, right. great to read because we know that it's coming from like a real place. 
and not right, like yeah. a studio being like, okay, we're going to do these things to like appease this. It feels right. just so natural. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Things are much better in many mm-hmm. ways now. I agree with that. Agree, yeah. yeah. And uh, maybe the movies aren't as good as they used to be, but they are definitely like more, more people are able to create. Sure. Them yeah. Now, I and think. Then, and right. so with that comes there's good and there's bad. Yeah. There's great yeah. Marvel movies and there's not so great Marvel movies. There's Right. There's okay DC movies and bad DC movies. Like there's like a whole sure. the whole spectrum. Yeah, spectrum. Mm-hmm. There you go. So Dan, just to remind everybody, where can we hear you, listen to you, find you? AM eight hundred. Yeah, AM eight hundred. I am on every weekday nine to noon doing some local talk radio, and it's a it's a call in show too. So people are always welcome to call in, text in, and and be a part of the conversation. So obviously, this episode will not air for another two or three weeks. So it's hard mm-hmm. to predict okay. what's going to be coming up on your show. You know, fifteen episodes <laughs> from now. Uh, but assuming we're talking about January, uh, I mean, is there anything big coming up that you can talk about or is it kind of just every day it changes? You don't really know. Every every day it can, we just talk about like what's going on in the news or, you know, dilemmas and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, we talk about fun stuff too, like this. I would, I would love to have this podcast on the air one day, actually just to talk about whatnot. That would be great. We can't do live, man. That's not. Do I, do I need to have my finger on the delay <laughs> oh. button? There. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just the yeah. like 30 seconds minimum for me, please. I'm One. on my best behavior right now. And I've already oh, scored that. like five times. So. I love it. I love it. We'll no, figure no, something you, out though, Dan, definitely. But we want to thank you for time. joining us. This has awesome. been a pleasure. We've been talking about this for a long time. I'm, fi- I'm so glad we, you know, it worked out for you know, everyone's schedule. Unfortunately, G.I. Julie couldn't be with us tonight. But mm-hmm. uh, if we ever have on you again, we'd love to have G.I. G. Julie with us. So that'd be awesome. Oh, we'd love to come on your show. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, yeah. You, you, surely the week it's coming out, if you want to come on to talk it up, oh. you're more than welcome. Yeah. Oh, we awesome. would love that. I will... I will delay myself, honestly. Yes. <laughs> I will but, I'll hire somebody to put their hand over my mouth when, before I talk. That'd be great. But, but, truly, this is a lot of fun. And, you know, the movie, it made me want to go back and watch part one and two again. And I do want to watch the next, the new Black Panther film as well. That's on my list. I did enjoy Black Panther so much. And I know it's changed so much with the new one. And I'm hearing amazing things. So that's going to get me back into it too. But uh, no, really, thanks for having me. I hope I, I'm not really a comic book guy but I'm a movie guy so I really do appreciate it I hope I didn't dumb it down at all with my oh no not at all but, no. but I, I, I really appreciate you, you, you having me on yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was fun it was fun nerding out with you guys truly it really was so thanks for having Great. me all well, right, we're going to well, be starting go. a, a couple of podcasts too in the new year, so we'll keep in touch and uh, have you Sweet. on for those too. So. Yes, definitely. Yeah. We should to, make yeah, Dan anytime. read comics. We will. Yes, that's our, <laughs> yeah, that's our goal. Yeah, there yeah, you go. For sure. So yeah, we want to thank Bex Luther for joining us. Ooh. As always. Sorry, I made it thank political again. <laughs> no problem. It's all Love good. It. And uh, Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Um, please uh, leave us a review over on Facebook or on our YouTube channel at the Comic Book Syndicate. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about podcast and the things that we're talking about on the podcast. We want to uh, keep that comics conversation going. That's right. Until next Monday, Spider Friends.